Hey yo and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we chat about all things NXT. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. What's old is new again, or something like that in wwe we got vince mcmahon and gorilla on raw we got Shawn michaels breaking the glass and busting out his emergency hbk angle of the week this time from november 1995 lots to talk about on this show we got a little level up and a little main event but boris how are you doing big homie i am doing all right just uh, surviving surviving another busy week hopefully this is the last crazy week uh yeah like 16 hour day or whatever it's been uh but outside of that i'm doing all right tired very tired but it is a beautiful morning here in toronto uh, so i can't wait to kind of like get some fresh air uh and uh you know and, and, and and enjoy the the brisk weather that we're getting Yes, the nice uh, pre-spring weather. Yeah, we've we. I think we've got the last probably big snowfall we'll have. Now I say uh, that we're gonna get another twenty twenty-five centimeters that'll just disappear. But whatever. Yeah, uh, let's not be the old guys talking about the weather for too long. It is a beautiful day in Toronto. That's good for the spirits. Uh, I just had a nice shower. I'm nice and clean, ready to go, Boris. Looking like Razor Ramon with the one curl hanging down my head. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. That's awesome. I do not. That's... I do not look like a, a thing like Scott Hall. Let's be clear. That is a handsome man. I am a schlub. <laughs> I will not deny or. or I'm, not, I'm not even going to go anywhere near that one. Anyways, so yeah, man. Um, what do <laughs> you okay. think of the show overall? Before we get right into the thick of things, uh, it was pretty good. I, I thought, yeah, obviously the the angle at the end was weird it was kind of just out of nowhere like i recall when they did it in november 95 it was kind of set up with michaels being previously injured and coming back from like concussion issues i believe right was it not it wasn't just out of nowhere anyway this was kind of out of nowhere it made sense in the story of the match that that roxanne perez would uh have a concussion i guess that they're selling it as after so many blows to the head because uh, Miko Satomura's style is very strike heavy. But I did think the serious concussion angle they did at the end of the show kind of left you with a weird taste in your mouth, you know? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, I agree overall. It's uh, came out of nowhere. And, you know, it's one of those things like, now what? Now what are they going to do, right? But I guess that's the beauty of wrestling. It's... Uh, Waiting till next week and seeing what's going to happen. But overall, yeah, I like the show roadblock was pretty good. I don't think there was a a, a must watch match outside of the main event. Um, but overall, I think that the way that the show flowed, you know, the match promo match promo uh, style kind of just really worked for NXT. Got a lot of story progression. You know, obviously, we'll talk about some major matches happening at Stand and Deliver on WrestleMania weekend. Uh, so overall, I think this is like a great little setup for for Stand and Deliver, which is good because you know WWE always has this weird uh, tendency of you know having the, the these mid like these these shows in the middle of a buildup of a larger show, and it really takes away from it. But I think that they did a good job of kind of incorporating this into the stand and deliver uh, storylines. I think so, yeah. they. Uh, it's weird. It was an in-between pay-per-view almost, right? Like, they tried to give you a, a premium live event quality show with some of these matches. Some of them succeeded. I actually thought the opener was was great, and the main event was great. Yeah. Um, some of it was pretty wacky but yeah they did advance a lot of storylines that's one thing nxt is always doing well these days is is giving everyone something to do and keeping those balls rolling they're not just uh not to take a random swipe at AEW here but they're not just like doing something and then taking characters off tv for three weeks or a month or two months and then just referencing it again that's not really storytelling that's just keeping balls in the air. You know what I mean? These are actually like progressive stories that are, that are, you know, new chapters are evolving every week. 
Yeah, that's exactly it. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Uh, so, you know, I think we have uh, quite a bit to discuss. I know you watched some more wrestling this week. Uh, so I think before we chat about some NXT Roadblock, let us chat about some of uh, the other shows. So I'll let you get to that. Cool. Do you want to even bother talking about Vince or should we just not? No. We've already kind there's of no done point. that. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah, there's no. There, what do we know? No he was there. That's it. Boom. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Move you're on. Right. We, he was there. Apparently he has a mustache and is looking kind of old. We know that too. And uh, yeah. Uh, Everything else is speculation. <laughs> so yeah. Mustaches done. are in style, but, 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 but. I, I do want to make this point. Uh, now that Vince McMahon is sporting the mustache, this might have been the, mo- the moment where mustaches have jumped the shark. They might no longer be in style as of Vince McMahon having one backstage. Anyway, yeah, I, I, our stance, my stance anyway, has not changed. I do think there's a way to cover wrestling and talk about it and not, you know, like endorse Vince McMahon's actions. And I think we do that. If they do sell to Saudi Arabia, everything changes and we will revisit then. Moving on to WWE main event. There was one NXT-ish match, although uh, Meechin defeated Tamina in the opener. Meechin, uh, of course, Mia Yim, NXT alum. So that's cool. Yep. Uh, but Boris, uh, the main event of main event was Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin versus Edris Anofe and Malik Blade. Pretty good little tag team match here. Just a five minute tag, main event tag. But you know Edris and Malik, when they're uh, given a big spot, they go nuts. Especially Edris Anofe is flying around the ring like a water bug. He's just zipping around there, you know? So this was definitely Edris Anofe and Malik Blade shot out of a cannon here on main event. Very big match. Uh, Anofe has actually said before on Insta that his dream opponent was Shelton Benjamin. So this was a huge moment for uh, for the kid. And it was, I mean, a very good five-minute little tag here. And uh, there's, uh, I, I they, they do kind of, Shelton Benjamin and, and uh, Cedric do kind of a tag team lung blower, like Cedric's finishing move. You know, the, the absolutely deadly backbreaker thing. They kind of, Shelton throws his opponent into Cedric's deadly backbreaker. That's their tag team finisher now. So they they, they smashed uh, Edris with that, and that was that. It was a good good little match here. I quite enjoyed it. Very cool, very cool. I like seeing these uh, these guys get opportunities. And, you know, especially because, like, you know, fan play, like we you mentioned, sometimes they go to an 11 or a 12 and they get sloppy, right? Did, did yeah, we see bit. that? Uh, not, not so badly, uh, but it was like a five-minute taped main event match versus like a 10 or 11-minute live NXT match, right? So who knows? But they, if there was any, I think they cleaned it up pretty good. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Yes, sir. So, yeah, that was the NXT representation on the latest episode of Main Event. Uh, coming up next, we have Level Up, which began with Tatum Paxley versus Lyra Valkyria. Actually, probably the best match. Well, no, the main event was really good, but a, but a solid NXT Level Up match here. Uh, Tatum Paxley is improving, and all uh, real Valkyria on Twitter.com. Lyra Valkyria is is quite good at this professional wrestling thing. She is underrated. She's she's a very good talent at NXT and should be used more. So hopefully this is her last appearance on Level Up because I want to see her on the big show. Yeah, exactly. Um, clearly, I well, not clearly, but I think that it's safe to assume that uh, people, the powers that be, the decision makers, whatever you want to call them, are kind of high on her just because, you know, she's anytime she has been on NXT TV, she's kind of been given like a somewhat prominent role. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. And let's hope that continues as well. It seems like she's coming for the NXT Women's Champion based on this episode, which I am for. Second match on Level Up, Luca Crucifino versus Dante Chen. So Dante Chen finally getting some wins on Level Up. Luca Crucifino is random NCAA offensive lineman du jour, Boris. Uh, yeah, so he is he is an ex-lineman, Luca Crucifino, doing kind of a lawyer gimmick, I guess. He comes out with a briefcase, and he did kind of like an attorney-ish promo. It's kind of like a, a really, really poor man's Saul Goodman here, Luca Crucifino. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Dante Chen beats this schlub. But Luca Crucifino, big kid. I'm not sure about the gimmick, but he's got a little personality. He's got some size. Obviously, an athletic dude. We'll see with this Luca Crucifino. All right. So that's uh, that's a thing. 
That is indeed a thing, big homie. All right, the main event of Level Up. Actually, the best match on this show. Eddie Thorpe, the former Carl Fredericks, versus Oro Mensa. Uh, this is a pretty good match. Eddie Thorpe wins clean in an excellent little wrestling match. They had a lot of time. And the way they built this up and the, the post-match where Oro was like, okay, this guy's here. This guy's real. He got me. And he gave him like a he gave Eddie Thorpe like a fist bump on the way out. Like, okay, kid, like, you know, we'll see some more of you. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys teamed up. I think Oral Mensa needs a tag team partner, and Carl Fredericks, that'd be a good way to kind of sneak him onto the main NXT uh, you know, situation here. So yeah, Oral Mensa versus Eddie Thorpe, and I think it's leading to a teaming up situation. Good Very match. Cool. Eddie Thorpe wins clean. Yeah, no, Eddie Thorpe, you know, I'm I, I really wanted to watch this match. I just didn't have time, but uh really curious to see how he's doing uh, now that he's in the factory. Yeah, uh well, two for two good matches. He yeah. had the the one uh where he lost, and now this is uh this is a big win for old uh Carl. No, actually I think he might be two and oh. Yeah, but anyway, this is definitely the biggest win because I thought he was gonna lose this one. Oro Mensa has been on the main uh situation there in NXT, a longtime NXT UK uh champion, tag team champion, but still he held the belt. And yeah, Carl Fredericks beat him. So that's nice. Very cool. Very cool. So all in all, it sounds like uh, some pretty good matches on the other uh, shows with NXT guys and gals. Yeah, sometimes sometimes we get a big old steaming pile of nothing, Boris, but this was actually worth your time uh, last week to go check out. We'll see what comes this week. Exactly. All right, so let us move on to NXT Roadblock, but before we do, we have one last piece of business to take care of, and that is our uh, rating system, the jour, because we are done with star ratings. Every week we like to uh, change things up and uh, have a rating system, the jour, to rank uh, and rate each match out of five-something. We like to have fun with this. Matt, what are you thinking for this week? Probably shouldn't do this idea, but I was just thinking because we had a jailhouse street fight, Boris. Let's just do famous criminals throughout history out of five. Let's really just have some fun with it. Oh my god! All right, let's let's see what let's see where we go. Let's let's see what rabbit hole you're gonna put me through this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so show starts off. Uh, and uh, we see Tiffany Stratton introducing the show. Uh, she kind of has her uh, moment where she talks about every match. She gives us her thoughts. Uh, she eventually talks about how she's coming for the NXT women's title during WrestleMania weekend at Stand and Deliver, which is on Saturday, April 1st, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 local time. So we've had we have a baby face and a heel clearly stating their intentions for this women's title. We had Tiffany Stratton doing so here in the opener, which I quite like. This was quite entertaining. Tiffany's epiphanies, as she's calling it. And we had Lyra Valkyrie, babyface, doing so later on in the show. So I think we're building to Tiffany versus Lyra, number one contender for Roxanne, which Tiffany's probably going to win. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Or we might have... Look... NXT for for live shows like doing multi-person matches they're like Ooh. having gimmick matches so who knows triple threat match and maybe this Roxanne concussion angle can play into some kind of storyline she gets taken out of the triple threat backstage comes back with the fiery Terry Funk baby face comeback yeah that's what's gonna happen I like or, a triple threat maybe or crazy idea this is with their way of of getting the title off of her without her losing. Oh, oh, very interesting, very interesting. I still think Roxanne's going to stick around in NXT and have a long title reign because she still needs work on her promos. But we shall see, maybe. Yep. All right. Anyways, let us get right to the show because the show started right after that, and the first match was the Jailhouse Street Fight, which saw Tony D'Angelo a Oh, and Channing Stacks Lorenzo versus, well, with Channing Stacks Lorenzo yes. versus Dijak. But basically, you were right. It was kind of a handicap match, too. Yeah. One. Especially Dijak just beat the crap on a old Stacks pretty much this entire match. Um, I like this a lot. This felt like a fight. It was sloppy as all heck, but I quite enjoyed it. I thought this like, was Tony D'Angelo. Go ahead. Sorry. This was the right 
sloppy. It wasn't sloppy where the yes. guys were screwing moves up. It was sloppy in the sense of this just this was a fight. Yeah, exactly right. Like it didn't feel clean. It felt it felt dirty in a good way. Uh Tony D'Angelo really impressed me. His fire, uh he he's a, not like Kurt Angle in terms of execution, but he's got some pretty nice suplexes. He's figuring it out, but it's just his character. The music between the notes with Tony D'Angelo, the stuff you can't teach is clearly there. And that's like that's a big, big plus. So this was a huge uh, oh, borderline coming out performance for Tony D. And Jack, you know, say what you will about his dumb 1990 Terminator character, but he always delivers in a big match. Always. That's exactly it, right? Like, you can't deny that. You know, anytime we've seen him on a takeover or a major match, like, the guy has given it, like, the Wesley match at Vengeance Day. You have this match. Like, you know what you're going to get from Dijek, and that's a very fun and entertaining match. And that's yes. exactly what this was. This was a fight. This was, you know, and this was put well together in the sense that, okay, look, Tony D'Angelo won, but... Like we kind of teased, it was almost a two-on-one throughout the match. Yeah, they they did it in such a way where Tony D didn't look weak, but he did need the help to beat Dijak. So I thought this match made all three people, including Stax, look better because Stax took such a shit kicking, shit kicking, and kept coming back for more. You just you couldn't put this young Stax down. So yeah, quite entertaining. My favorite spot was when Tony D was put on the table, and that table was almost it was broken. dying to break. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony was like had one foot on the ground almost, like just trying to make himself as light as possible to not break this table, and then it just crumpled like a graham cracker when Dijak hit him but yeah very entertaining plunder match a hardcore match where the gimmick was to lock your opponent in a jail cell it was an ambulance match except without the ambulance but a good one it, exactly right uh nxt still still teasing and practicing new types of matches um so right after that spot with the uh poor little table uh tony d'angelo um was thrown into the cage. Dijak was about to close the door, but the broken finger from Vengeance Day made its uh, appearance as uh, Tony D'Angelo grabbed that and squeezed the living shit out of it until Dijak backed off. D'Angelo now had the advantage, and he hit a bookend and put Dijak in the cage. Uh, D'Angelo was about to close the cage. Stack standing too close to the cage like a moron, uh, was grabbed by Dijak, put in the way of the door. His head right at the door uh dijack then started yelling at the angel and started teasing him to close it uh eventually d'angelo uh, kind of didn't uh dijack tossed him out of the way the match kept going uh dijack then just 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 tossed stacks like a little doll over the barricade uh this distraction gave d'angelo an opening to suplex dijack hit him with a few chair shots d'angelo was about to toss dijack in the cage but was a uh, low blowed via a mule kick uh, to stop the attack dijack then hit a feast your eyes throws d'angelo in the cage and then Stax sacrifices his body yet again for the familia. Um, yes. Puts himself between the door. Uh, Dijak. I to, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Boris. I just got to highlight that spot. Like, it was so good. You saw somebody in the crowd, like, actually pointed, like, Stax, go, go. And then Stax from the crowd, like you said, when uh, Dijak just threw him like a baby, threw him into the crowd. He dives out of, uh, like, from out of camera frame, dives into the cell as uh Dijak is slamming it and just the door just hits him right in the ribs i just thought like stacks really impressed me in this match and that was the best stacks spot of the match you know what kudos to Dijak, and this is this is kind of funny but he didn't wait for stacks he didn't make the, the 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 you know the clothes any easier he fucking closed that right on his ribs like it was nothing <laughs> like it was like you know you didn't right, make yeah. it an easy easy spot for stacks did not make it obvious either the way it flowed actually made perfect sense i just thought that was a great spot yep all right so Dijak throws D'Angelo in the cage. Stax jumps in the way. Uh, Dijak then hits a feast your eyes on Stax. D'Angelo finds a crowbar, hits Dijak with it. Tony threw Dijak in the cage. Closed the door for the win. A.O. Tony D'Angelo wins. 
I was actually quite surprised by the end, uh, the result, and I really, really like this match. Same. I thought, yeah, the way it was laid out, it was great. Definitely a great effort by all three, if not a great match. So I would say all things considered, I'm going to I'm gonna give it that, that coveted four. We're going to go four Vince McMahons out of five dangerous criminals here on NXT Talk. Four Vince McMahons out of five. Solid A- here in Canada. Got to be careful with that. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on. What is going on here? The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, was with Roxanne Perez. Uh, Perez was asked about her match with the legendary Miko Satamora. Perez said that she is anxious, and even though she has a loss against Satamora, she has been training harder than ever, pushing herself to her physical limits. Remember that one. Perez said that yes. while this might not be her first title defense, it's her most important one, and Perez said she wants to make it to stand and deliver on WrestleMania weekend, still a champ, beating a legend along the way. Perez said she was nervous and anxious, but will do anything she has to keep the title. Yes, sir. So uh, I, I, I liked it. It wasn't great. It was a, a better Roxanne Perma, uh, Perez promo than usual. But, you know, she's, uh, I don't know, she's still very much generic, baby face like as milk toast as it comes i don't know she's finding her voice it's fine solid promo and like you said good little uh seed planted for later in the show yep all right so we see pretty deadly and gallus heading to the ring from different parts of the performance center uh kiana james and her busty assistant uh were together josh briggs walks in he says he doesn't want to get in anyone's business but says brooks jensen's happiness is his happiness See, that's a true bro right there. James said she understands and thinks they're finally starting to click again after some miscommunications over the past few weeks. Briggs notices and points to some roses on her desk and says uh, that uh, Jensen is in love with her. James takes the card from the roses, hides it in her day planner. James said she still feels things are a little bit off, and she keeps looking at the planner with the card in it, all nervous. James agrees to making plans and make a makeup date with Jensen. Briggs walks away all happy, thinking that everything is good. But whose side are the roses on, Boris? Who? Who sent the roses? Who sent the roses? Bog out, bog out. John Stasiak, meet. That's who. <laughs> you know what? I didn't think about that, but yes, I'm guessing twas meet. Um, I don't know twer why. beauty. Of all the names. And all of professional wrestling. <laughs> I just had to pull the Stasiak card. Uh, twer beauty that killed the meat. All right. NXT champs Gallus were in the ring with mics in hand. They get to the point real fast. They call out Pretty Deadly uh, for their face-to-face. -face. Pretty Deadly shows up, but they're at the crow's nest. Kit Wilson called both the members of Gallus ugly and disgusting. Mark Coffey reminded Pretty Deadly that this was supposed to be a face-to-face. -face. Uh, Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince actually said that, uh, hey, you know, they're staring them at their faces, so this works. Pretty Deadly want the belts back, and their time in NXT have been ruined since Gallus has been around. Wolfgang told Pretty Deadly that they are always ready for a fight. Mark laid down the tag titles and told Pretty Deadly to come and take them. Pretty Deadly said they were down for a fight. They walked down to the ring. They were about to tussle with Gallus. Uh, they get uh, shot put into the ring. Gallus throws them around a little. Uh, pretty Deadly kind of run away as Gallus poses with the belt. So nice little short little conf confrontation. But again, moving this story forward. Yeah, I liked it. An absolutely spiffing idea, Boris. I uh, I thought Pretty Deadly were fantastic in this promo, and Gallus were quite good as well. And like you said, quick, to the point, sets up the tag team match later on. I think it's next week they're doing the tag team titles, right? I uh, believe so. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Okay, I, I have the card written down. I'm 99% I'm sure. They're doing that next week. But yes, anyway, uh, to come later on in this NXT universe, Gallus versus Pretty Deadly. Quite enjoyed it. Really good stuff. Lyra Valkyria, we get a promo. She mentions that she and Miko Satamora will meet again. 
She tells Roxanne Perez they're on different paths, but fate decided they will eventually collide. She says that her sights will be set on whomever wins the NXT women's title later tonight. Again, I believe that Tiffany Stratton will be in her way because that's two ladies with the same goal. One a baby face, one a heel. It just makes sense. But yeah, good stuff setting up uh, the whole main event picture here in NXT. And again, we've been saying this for a while, but it's really becoming obvious how stacked the NXT women's division is right now. It's really good. It's in a very good place. Uh, these three women at the top of the card, I'm talking about Roxanne, Lyra, and Tiffany, if we think that's where they're going. We also have Nikita Lyons on the injury, uh, on the injured reserve, who is in many ways an A prospect. And she's got a lot to offer. We've got Saul Ruka, A prospect, killing it. Cora Jade, lots to offer. She's still doing her, her damn thing. we got the witchy women, Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Lots of talent here. Thea Hale. Ivy Nile, the women's tag team champions, Tatum Paxley, and of course, Fallon Henley, or, or not Tatum Paxley, uh, Keanu James and Fallon Henley. We also have Tatum Paxley, just chilling. And Zoe Stark, I'm sure I'm just being like the veteran. Zoe Stark is the best wrestler in the entire division. She's actually the most talented professional wrestler in the NXT women's division. She might be one of the best wrestlers in the women's division, period. Yeah, of all in, in all of professional wrestling. I, Roxanne versus Zoe is actually a fun debate. Who's the better wrestler? I think right now it's Zoe, but Roxanne's Zoe. pretty close. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, women's division stacked. All right, Ilya Dragunov is seen. He said the eyes are windows to the soul, and JD McDonough has no soul. Ilya said that while JD finds serenity by breaking bones, he's not going to break them. Ilya said that JD will not break him. He said that twice for some reason. And he said something in Russian, all angry and shit. Love yes, my notes. I like, yeah, love it. I like, uh, I, I actually like when a baby face who is, English is clearly their second language. I like when they finish the promo in their native language. I think that all promos should be subtitled like UFC or at least some, you know what I mean? Why not? It's been like that for years and years and years. Anderson Silva's had a full career and retired and been one of the greatest uh, draws in the history of you know combat sports with subtitles. Like, you can do it. I don't understand why WWE does. I think but anyway, good the problem. more we move away from Kevin Dunn, Pritchard, and McMahon, the more we're going to see this, and the more we have been seeing native language yeah. speaking. You're right, and it, uh, that's why it's so scary that Vince was back at Raw. He, anyway. Again, we don't know. Whatever. Yeah, we like, don't know. But, uh, I got I got to refill my coffee bars. You you talk about this trios match coming well, up. Before it was that, a slobber. Not, oh, sorry. Before that, we finally yes. got a Dragon Lee sighting oh, in the yeah. crowd, and they had him as Dragon Lee. That doesn't really mean much because they can change names like they did with Asuka, but, but Dragon Lee was there. He was shown on screen with Dragon Lee as his name. Yes, sir. So, yeah, they, they showed Asuka at first as Kana, and then they changed her name. They changed Tommy N's name to Alistair Black. They Kenta. do this all the time. Yeah, Kenta, exactly. I think they're going to change Dragon Lee's name. But everything you said is correct, and it was very, very nice to see him. As long as it's not Bacon. like, you know, Sombrero dude or something <laughs> like that, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> You never know. Sanchez. Oh no. <laughs> you never know. Uh, All right. Jeez. Well, I, again, again, we'll see. We'll see how how deep the influence is. If it's Sombrero Sanchez, we're in deep trouble, Boris. Yep. All right. The next match: Julius Creed, Brutus Creed, right, and NXT right champion Braun Breaker went up against Indusher Veer Mahan, Sangha, and Jinder Mahal. This match was actually pretty fun. I really enjoyed this match. Um, you know, the Creeds continue to improve. Braun Breaker, this was a very good outing for him. Uh, it was good seeing him against, you know, these uh, bigger guys. Uh, you know, and once again, you know, Jinder Mahal is kind of like a good little test for Braun Breaker uh, at the end of the day. Uh, so Veer started the match. Uh, him and Breaker were going back and forth. I think that this match was really well done and, and really showcased how far the Creeds and Breaker as as a trios have, have come. Uh, so this, uh, I really did enjoy this. Carmelo Hayes joins Vic Joseph and Booker T during the commercial break. Uh, Sanga and Julius were in the ring, more back and forth. 
Uh, Sanga was uh, going back and forth a lot, but Breaker really controlled a lot of this match. Brutus got angry. He comes back, hits Sanga with a ton of offense. He does a tuck tackle, a suplex, senton. Julius comes in with a 450 splash on Sanga. Veer breaks up the pin. Uh, he then hits Julius with an elbow drop. Sanga takes everyone out. Breaker stops the pin. Sanga hits Julius with a choke slam. Veer hits Julius with a lariat for a very close two count. All six men were in the center of the ring. They all started punching back and forth on each other. Breaker spears Mahal and Sanga. Veer with a Yakuza kick to Breaker. Julius put Veer in an electric chair. And Brutus with a doomsday Brutus ball for the pin and the win to give the Creeds and Breaker the win overall. Matt. I forgot that this match happened, but I like this match. Yeah, exactly. It's, it was a hard-hitting, mean-guy trios match. I thought Braun Breaker was awesome in this yeah. match. I really liked... I don't know if it was by design or if it just kind of happened, but at the end of this match, the Creed brothers had had the shit beaten out of them. But Braun was kind of okay. Braun was mostly on the apron, right? So when the Creed brothers were selling and selling at the end, Braun hit that ring and was just spearing everyone, just absolutely fine, just like killing it. It was like... It was like, I don't know, it was like Braun had the superstar, the Mario superstar was just absolutely destroying people. And then the new Creed Brothers finisher appears to be the Doomsday Brutus Ball, which I like, I am here for. All things considered, very solid match. I'm going to give it a B. We're going to go three and a half Vince McMahons out of five Dangerous Criminals. All right, uh, after the match, Grace and Waller were shown heading to the ring, and the camera cuts to Matt Bloom. Uh, Sean Michaels, uh, Bloom asked Michaels if he really wants to do this, and Sean said he's not sure, but he's got this. All right, uh, we see Miko Satamora warming up backstage, but it is now time for the Grayson Waller effect. All right, so Grayson Waller's in the ring. Uh, he calls this the most important Grayson Waller effect of all time. He then introduces his guest, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. HBK comes out to a huge ovation from the NXT faithful. Uh, the crowd sings HBK's song before anyone even says anything. Waller said that if he was 10 years old, he would be singing with the crowd, but then he became more of a Bret Hart guy than a Shawn Michaels guy. Michaels starts things off by praising Waller, saying that they used to be cool, and he asks Waller what happened, what changed. Waller said that uh, as he was climbing the ladder and becoming the number one guy in NXT, HBK started treating him the same way Vince McMahon treated him uh, because he didn't fit the image that the powers that be had for a top star. HBK really didn't like that and said that the reason Waller wasn't the guy is because he took a shot at Vengeance Day against Breaker and he missed. He also said that what happened at New Year's Evil wasn't his fault and the guy Waller needs to criticize is the guy in the mirror. Waller says maybe HBK should do the same. He says the only reason Michaels is sitting where he is um, is because his best friend, Triple H, had a heart attack. HBK says Waller is right. He's only in the position he's in because his friend asked him for help. The back and forth shots continued. HPK stands up from his seat and shouts, enough. Waller then challenges HPK to one more match at Stand and Deliver. HPK says for over a decade he's had many challenge him for a WrestleMania dream match and asks if Waller thinks he's so special. He then said that people have been backing Brinks trucks with full of cash up to his door for years trying to get a WrestleMania match from Mr. WrestleMania himself, so much so that the drivers know his address by heart. HBK once again asks if Waller thinks he's special. What makes him so special? Is he special? He says nothing would make him happier than whooping his ass at NXT Stand and Deliver, but the reality is there's someone who wants to kick his ass even more. He says that Waller will get a wish, his wish, for a match at NXT Stand and Deliver, but his opponent won't be Shawn Michaels. It's going to be Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano's music hits. He comes out. Uh, he runs to the ring, beats down Waller. The crowd is going nuts. And all of this is payback from December 2021 when Waller took out Gargano out of NXT. There we go. 
Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. HBK lost it. Excuse me, just a little bit at the end there, but nothing close to like Ted DiBiase when he used to come out here and just get absolutely lost for like two, three minutes at a time. Yeah, he, he got it back, and this was a very good performance by Grayson Waller. The uh, the line about Triple H, you only have this job because your buddy Hunter had a heart attack. That was that got a huge like, oh, that got a huge reaction. And yeah, I thought this was very good. I, I'm surprised we didn't see the Johnny Gargano thing coming. So obvious in retrospect. Yep. Here's the thing. In the, what, two minutes we saw Johnny Gargano? Look how serious he was taken. Look how huge of a start he was taken compared to how he's treated on the main roster as, like, you know, his 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 the way character, his joking around character. Yeah, his goofy comic book clown character, basically. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it's cool to see. It's kind of kind of reminds you of Kenny Omega in New Japan, in a way. <laughs> yeah, it does, kind of, in a way. All right. GG Dolan versus JC Jane, Toxic huh. Attraction, go and do whatever they do. All right. Yeah, you, you can't even say explode. You can't say Toxic Attraction, explode. Toxic Attraction, have a polite wrestling match. Yeah, it was fast. Weird. Yeah, but so, obviously. So weird, though. This is step one, but I still feel like they, yeah. there should have been more intensity in this match. Uh, the ending was kind of strange, came out of nowhere, and then, I don't know, maybe... We'll see where this goes. Uh, so, you know, a lot of back and forth. Jane got some offense on Gigi. Gigi comes right back with an inside cradle. Gigi continues to kick and punch Jane, and she connects with some brutal kicks. Uh, but Jane comes back with a neck breaker. Jane then hit Gigi with a senton, but this was only good for a two count. They go back and forth, and then Gigi kind of, kind of out of nowhere hits a roll-up slam for the pinfall win. Uh, so that one was a very, uh, very strange match. After the match, JC Jane attacks Gigi Dolan, brings out a chair that she brought in, wanted to bring in earlier. He beats her down with the chair and some punches, puts the chair around her neck, but the NXT refs and the suits come out to stop the attack. So weird. I almost would have not even done the match and just like go immediately to a double count out or double disqualification and then just do this and kind of leave you wanting the match. I, I get it. It's chapter one in the story, but it was just kind of a weird below average wrestling match. That they just kind of went out there. It definitely did not feel like a grudge match. It felt like two friends felt like, you know, two friends just having a wrestling match. Yep. Yep. But didn't then, hit. then the po yeah, the, the post match angle is where the hatred came, right? Yeah, which was a lot better than the match itself. I don't know; it yes. was weird. Uh, but yeah. uh, I am gonna give it a shot. Let's see where this goes. Yes, yeah, Having we will reserve. Gigi Dolan, just you can tell she feels so much more comfortable in whatever character she's doing now. Hundred percent, she's going to figure this character out. But yeah, she's way more suited for whatever this is going to be for sure than uh, than being in toxic attraction. Yeah, she hit her abdomin uh, abdominal stretch slam thing, which I think they called the final nail. If I'm not mistaken, they had a name for it. I believe it was the final nail. But yeah, overall, just kind of a below average wrestling match here. We're gonna go to Vince McMahon's out of five for this one. All right, Fallon Henley was with Brooks Jensen and apologized. Uh, Brooks apologized. Uh, they both apologized back to each other. Josh Briggs shows up and said he fixed things up with Kiana James and said that he liked the flowers Jensen sent her. Jensen said he doesn't care about what was on her desk, meaning he didn't actually send said flowers. Jensen picked up the phone as James called him. Brooks left while talking on the phone, and then Henley said she knew the flowers weren't from Jensen. Briggs said he now believes Fallon this, uh, about this. They both agree that they need to do something to get the truth out of Kiana James. And uh, and then Fallon said she had a plan. So, yeah, Brooks was actually funny in this. When, uh, when he picked up the phone, he knew it was Kiana. He just answers like, Sup, girl, or <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Just he was yeah. actually kind of funny. Just tried to be the cool guy. I I quite like Brooks in this. And the the cat's out of the bag. It's kind of weird that they just kind of threw it away. Just a, a throwaway reveal in this uh, second backstage promo of the night. But whatever. Again, balls rolling forward. Stories progressing. Braun Breaker comes out to the ring. No music. He just comes out takes the mic and said it's time he challenges Carmelo Hayes to a match of stand and deliver saying that he's ready for the toughest challenge on the biggest stage possible 
Hayes comes out to confront Breaker. Breaker said that their journeys have been separate, but he has known that their meeting would be inevitable. Breaker said that uh, he has kept tabs on Hayes. Hayes said the same uh, to Breaker. They talk about a meeting months ago when they were told of changes to NXT and they were handpicked as the stars of the brand. They both agree that it's time for a showdown to see who the real top dog of NXT is. Hayes and Breaker shake hands and the match at NXT Stand and Deliver is official. Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, who's the real big dog of NXT 2.0? We shall find out. Braun versus Mello. I love it, man. Yeah, my, I like this. My big note, yeah. My big note uh is I'm glad for this time it was Mello by himself. Mello just came out sans Trick Williams to challenge Braun Breaker here, right? I really hope, though, that Trick Williams finds his way back into this mix. I want to see Trick versus Braun. I want to see Trick cutting some promos on Braun. I hope it's not just Mello and Braun no. the whole time. Let's bring Trick Williams back. This first time, though, have Mello come out by himself to answer, answer the challenge. I get that. Well, they already addressed that a bit, right? Because when they did show the graphic for Stand and Deliver, you did see Trick Williams you know, uh, on his corner. So... Excellent kind of call. reminding you that, hey, he's still there. I actually, I didn't even think of that. Excellent call, buddy. There you go. So we, yeah. we uh, us, us Trick Williams stands. We don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, stands. Let's use that word. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, I would put myself in stand. Well, I know that's stand territory, but I love Trick Williams. I'm yeah, a huge fan. I'm a Trick Williams truther for sure. Yes. Uh, Thea Hale is doing some yoga and meditating along with Tyler Bate when the rest of Chase U shows up. Thea is relieved and ready. Chase was happy that Hale was feeling better, and Bate said that Thea Hale is a big, strong girl, and she's got this. Chase and Hale left with Chase saying namaste to Bate. I love this. Andre Chase, just like, just chill, just letting things happen. If it's good for Chase University and good for Thea Hill, then it's good for everyone. Tyler Bates' character, developing, rounding out, and he cut a really good promo here. He was, like, in control, leading this segment, felt like a decent actor. Thea Hill was her least annoying of all time. And then Duke Hudson was hilarious with his line at the end, nobody's believing the snake oil that you're selling because Duke Hudson has been lying to us for six straight months. So I thought this was just a home run, just another example of, of great storytelling and character development in NXT right now. Exactly. I really enjoyed this, and this led us straight into the next match with us. Andre Chase versus Joe Gacy. Not too long of a match, but this is exactly what this match needed to be. Uh, so the match is going on. Hale did some of her breathing exercises, got in Ava Rain's face. Uh, Hudson and Chase were kind of happy that uh, Hale overcame her fears, but Chase was in the middle of a match, completely distracted, didn't notice that Gacy sets up his handstand lariat, which as soon as he turns around gets clobbered with uh, to give Joe Gacy the win. I like that spot. Like, you can't take your eye off the ball, Andre Chase. It happens to him all the time where he's something happens on the outside with his Chase University and, and then he walks into a finish. I'm sure he's walked into the upside down lariat because of shenanigans like six times in his NXT career. Joel Gacy's finish specifically. But yeah, good match overall. I, I Like you said, it was exactly what it needed to be. The exact length, the exact layout, perfectly fine professional wrestling. We're going to yep. go three Vince McMahons out of five for All this right. one. Isla Dawn, I'll be fire. They're talking about the downfall of the former longtime NXT women's tag team champions, Caden Carter and Cutta Tanch. They also bring up Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile. They say next week they march forward towards claiming their goal, which is clearly, obviously, the NXT women's tag team titles. We all we all screw up names all the time. I'm not saying this to pick on you. I'm just saying it because it's actually better. You just called Katana Chance Kana Tanch. Yeah. And I wish her name was Kana Tanch because Kana Tanch uh, is way better than Katana Chance. Yeah. I, I just could, just because Katana Chance is arguably the worst name in so, WWE right now. I was actually thinking of this, and like Alba Fire, here here's a classic example, right, of where these where this NXT Women's Division is so stacked. That I'm okay with her and Isla Dawn going for the tag team belts. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. It, it seems like a little bit of dem- of a demotion for young Kaylee Ray Albafire. Ever since she's been put in this character, it's really felt like a demotion. But at this moment, you might as well. If they're going to be in NXT, they, they could be really good NXT women's tag team champions. Yep, exactly. Chase Hughes walking backstage and Thea Hale talks about her finally overcoming her fears. Chase is happy for her, but Duke Hudson's pissed off, angry, and he finally snaps. Hudson says he's sick of celebrating losses, uh, and he calls all of Chase, you joke, and losers. Yeah, oof, oof, Duke Hudson, just, he he flips his top, and we're going to see if he's out of Chase, you, if he's going to apologize again. We shall see with this Duke Hudson. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, is with NXT North American champion Wesley. He talks about Nathan Frazier and his match from last week. He then says he wants to do it again and announces he'll do another open challenge uh, next week. Axiom shows up, tells Lee that next week it's going to be them two sharing the ring. Lee says if he makes it to the ring first next week, then it's on. What if Dragon Lee from the crowd makes it into the ring first boris i don't want to see him in that uh, skirmish type thing i know that this, that skirmish isn't the same as a 24 7 title but i think someone like a dragon lee needs to be debuted much much stronger than that fair fair that's fair maybe maybe after the skirmish like the skirmish is happening and he comes from the crowd maybe that's not as bad but i think you're right i think you're right yeah but I do think that he will, Dragon Lee will be part of that multi-man match at uh, Stand and Deliver. Yeah, obviously, I think there's going to be a ladder match. They have done it every year, and I think it's going to continue. All right, man. Well, we're already at the main event. That's how fast the show honestly felt. Like, it was a well-paced WWE show. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it, it is worth noting, this main event started, the bell rang at like, what, 9.57, yep. 9.58? And I expected it to go like two minutes. This match went like a good 9, 10 minutes, right? Do you have the time on this? I don't have the times. I was too okay. busy making notes uh, for Slam, right? I did the report. Yeah, Slam wrestling. No worries. We... I, I used to I used to write down the times and, and finishes and be very meticulous with it. I need to get back to that. But... Uh, yeah, this was this was a very good wrestling match, man. I would call it a great match and the best match on the show with just the 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 angle just being an old fan and knowing exactly what they're doing. It was just more funny than anything else to me. But yeah, let's talk about the match first. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Roxanne and Miko go face to face in the middle of the ring. They shake hands. Uh we go right to break. Uh, Satamora is controlling the action uh, from this 50-50 match. Uh, Perez brings down Satamora, sends her out to the floor. Perez goes for a suicide dive, but Satamora hits Perez as she jumps through the middle ropes. Satamora throws Perez back in the ring. Um, Satamora then starts uh, striking uh, and using her, her punches and her kicks on display. The crowd is really going for Roxy at this point. Uh, Satamora misses a flipping scorpion rising. Uh, Perez hits her with a drop kick that sends her out to the floor. Perez now with a second dive attempt. She nails Satamora on the outside of the ring. Perez works her over in the ring, but Satamora comes right back. So essentially, the story here is that no matter what Roxanne Perez had, Satamora came right back found a response and kicked the living shit out of Roxanne Perez. Yes, yeah, the the rookie, the young uh, upstart, throwing everything she can at the veteran, but the veteran has the answer for all of uh, Roxanne Perez's questions. Yeah, and it was it went it went both ways too, right? Because like Roxanne Perez kind of found a answer uh, to yes. everything that Satamora threw at her, right? Like they go for a. Um, a superplex, but Roxanne Perez turns that into a Russian leg sweep from the top rope. Uh, Satamora kicks out of that. Um, you know, Satamora walks over to the champ, elbows the shit out of her, snatches her up, uh, hits Perez with a power bomb and Pele kick. Satamora hits Perez with a Saito suplex for another two uh, count. Hits Perez with a handstand leg drop, which we got a very near fall, uh, which of note, that's how... Uh, Satamora won the NXT UK title. So I kind of like how they brought that back. It's like, now what does Satamora have to do, right? So 
Both women are fighting on the apron. Perez sends the challenger crashing to the ring post, sending her off the apron. Perez sets up a Pop Rocks. Setamora blocked it by holding the apron. I'm being very lenient on that one. Setamora <laughs> hits Perez with a Scorpio Rising on the outside, drags the lifeless body of the champion into the ring for a pin attempt, but it was broken because Perez got her foot on the bottom rope for the break. Miko was about to go for another Scorpion Rising, but Perez reversed it with a roll-up out of nowhere for the surprise win to retain the NXT Women's Championship. After the match, Miko takes the belt from the referee, hands it to Perez out of respect. As they pose in the ring, Perez just passes out. Everyone checks on Perez. They call for medics. Booker T and Shawn Michaels go into the ring. They stretch her Perez while also giving her oxygen. Um, Perez slightly nodded to say that she was okay as she was being rolled into the ambulance to close the show. So a couple of things. Uh, I posted this on the Facebook uh, group in uh, Sunday night's main event radio on the NXT thread. But yeah, very, very similar to the Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels uh, incident, if you will, the angle from WWE Raw. We've talked about it before on our BAM podcast at length. November 20th, 1995, I believe, was the Raw episode. We also Owen Hart joked went. about it here. <laughs> Yeah, we joked about it here, saying that when would Shawn Michaels bust this one out of the Shawn Michaels vault? Because one thing we've learned about NXT booking in the HBK era is HBK loves him some old HBK angles. <laughs> Just off the top of my head in the last month, we've seen the Rockers break up and now the Owen Hart thing. And we were making jokes about how it was a thing long before that. Like, those are the two that solidified this bit, right? So it's just hilarious. But... Yeah, Shades of November 1995, the insiguri that knocked out Shawn Michaels. So the big criticism I've seen of this is why do it? And you even kind of brought it up at the start of the show. It is like, why kind of do this? I think the explanation is baby face sympathy. Yes. I know when I was eight years old and that happened to Shawn Michaels, I was terrified. That was, and he became a very compelling character to me. And then through his, uh, his baby face run where they really put over his uh his resiliency and the fact that you, that he would come back from so much and you couldn't put Shawn Michaels down that made him one of my favorite wrestlers and one of my heroes you know uh to see Shawn Michaels overcome the odds over and over and over and that is the goal here with Roxanne Perez I think yeah. I think look when I called Miko Satamore murder grandma I didn't mean it this way <laughs> Not literally, Miko. Another thing that I wanted to say, great call. Miko was awesome here. She was crying. I was so impressed with Miko's performance. She was in tears. She did not want to murder this woman. She did not want to be murder grandma. And yeah, they, they really treated it like the, the announcers threw down their, uh, their headsets. Booker T sprinted off commentary to make sure she was all right. It was so reminiscent. Well of because, the of the Owen Hart uh, Shawn Michaels angle. It was the exact same presentation. That's exactly it. The exact same presentation what stood out to me, you know, almost 30 years ago, 28 years ago was the fact that there was no commentary as this was happening. Yes, yes, exactly. I and I, I just remember Kevin Nash talking about this and uh, talking about them putting this angle together in the car. And apparently it was Scott Hall's idea. And just Kevin Nash telling that Scott Hall story, like, and here's the key: the announcers have to shut the fuck up. And just doing his Scott Hall impression, it's so good. And the announcers did shut the f up. We used our one f word there. So yeah, uh, I think this was a great match. The angle. I liked it because it was it was a slice of my childhood, you know what I mean? And I do think there are probably some young fans who woke up worried about Roxanne Perez. And is that a good thing? I think so. That's that's the investment in the television show. That's the investment in the character. Though I, I had my moments of worry, quote unquote, for Shawn Michaels, I look back on it as a tremendously positive experience and time in my life to be a young wrestling fan cheering for that man. You know what I mean? So I think this is what wrestling's all about. We're going to go for Vince McMahon's out of five for yep. this one, Boris. Ah, sounds good. All right. So um as i am scrolling down here on the nxt twitter so we're gonna we do have one exclusive with channing stacks uh and Ooh. tony d 
the last tweet sent eight hours ago was this update. Roxanne Perez will be kept overnight in the hospital for observation and continued testing. Hashtag WWNXT. Nice. No, see that they're they're selling it well. I I I believe that you know. Yep. All right. Let us jump to the WWE exclusive before we give you our three stars of the night. And uh, like I mentioned, this is Stax and Tony D. Tony, Tony, Tony. Oh, hey, I'm glad you're here. Come here. Listen, I'm not surprised, huh? How about that match? I knew you were gonna do it. It was good. Put him behind bars. Hey, but listen to me. Anybody puts their hands on my guy, the underboss, my family, you're gonna have to answer to me. Now let's go celebrate, huh? Let's do Come it. on, let's do it. Let's go have a cannoli or something. My arm. Huh? It hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna put. Does that hurt? Does that hurt? I love these guys. Same. <laughs> these two are great. WWE, I know you love breaking everyone up, but I swear to God, if you break these two up, I will end my love of this yes. company. Yes, exactly. You know, just, yeah. I, I yeah. The, the two things that will make me quit NXT talk, Saudi Arabia owning WWE or them breaking up this family. Add to it. Throw in Ariana Grace. Throw in Luca Crucifino. Anyone whose name ends in a vowel should be in this group. Grow this family, Boris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. Honestly, these guys have grown so much. Yes. So much. Especially stacks, right? Like, yeah. man. We used to make fun of stacks. He used to eat. He used to be terrified, but he's he's like an entertaining, charismatic kid. He's really good. This is why you can't give up on these people. Well, you know what? And is you, you kind of where would this group have been if uh, Dimes was still around? I wonder. I do wonder. You know, but I I, I like it better this way. It, yeah. it has worked out for the best. It has. It brings us it brings us to our three stars. Boris, the third star of the evening, the star of the match, and he wasn't even in it. The opening match. I'm gonna go with Stax Lorenzo. Nice. He really impressed me. He is the third star of this episode. The bronze medalist of this NXT roadblock. Excellent. I like that call. Second star, Braun Breaker, dominated in the trios match, came out as the dominant champion, challenged his biggest opponent, put over strong. Braun Breaker looked like a million bucks on this episode. Silver yep. medalist. He really did. Consi considering, uh, you know, uh, the, his past few matches, his single matches, his title defenses haven't really been the best. So seeing him stand out before yes. delivering. Um, uh -huh. see what I did. Uh, it was very good. I really like that, right? Like, give him a really strong performance before he calls out Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, and the idea that the uh, the NXT fans that hate Braun Breaker are planted and the whole thing has been a work from the beginning, I don't believe that. I do believe that maybe they were leaning into it over the past couple yes. weeks, but there were no boos for Braun Breaker this week. He, he needed this performance, and he delivered a good one. Look, when... The crowds that we criticized were the crowds that were booing this man. The crowds that were uh, completely derailing NXT were crowds that were booing Braun Breaker. So I don't think that, that they were real plants. I agree. I uh, one trillion percent agree with you. Uh, the first star of this episode, it's weird to say because she left it on a stretcher, but Roxanne Perez main evented strong win in a great match and then a huge focus in the closing angle. So she was the star of this episode, though she left uh, on a stretcher with an oxygen tank hooked to her face. Can we give like a like a secondary gold medal to Miko Satamora, not only for yeah, the match she true. had with Roxanne Perez, but her reaction throughout the closing angle was just, just added to it. Uh, let's put them both on the podium. It's a tie. We'll, we'll, we'll stick them both on the podium. We'll give them a joint gold medal, Roxanne Perez and Miko Satamora. Yeah, excellent job in the main event. Yep, very good job. So that was WWE NXT Roadblock as we are officially on the road to stand and deliver in just three weeks Keep it locked in here on SNME Radio for all of your wrestling and pop culture shows. We've got so much more coming this week. We've got the old Fs coming with some AEW Dynamite and the fallout of AEW's revolution. Uh, we've got, uh, what else do we got? We got the Godfathers of Podcasting. We've got the Smack Daddies talking all things SmackDown as we are on the road to WrestleMania. 
Uh, we have the Rampage Ramble with myself and Xavier. We've got the flagship show with Mike. Uh, then, you know, we've got BAM, and we've got so much more. So keep it locked in here. If you are part of the family, we thank you so much. And if you want to be part of the family and get each and every single show we produce, which is at least two a day, go over to patreon.com slash radio for just five bucks a month. You get so many shows and a little little flavor for whatever you're in the mood of for wrestling. We cover MLW. We cover WWE, AEW. We cover Impact on BAM, New Japan for wrestling on BAM. If it exists, pretty sure we cover it here. Yeah, other than Billy Corgan's NWA. And we'll still talk about that from time to time. So, yeah, I think BAM's coming out Wednesday or Thursday. Pretty sure we're going to try to record it uh, Wednesday evening. We'll figure that out. BAM coming out this week. Going to talk some uh, MLB opening day is coming up soon, Boris. The uh, Spring training's heating up. The pitch clock is making some noise. Lots of things happening in sports. Lots of things happening in wrestling. Thank you very much for sticking with us here on this show and on SNME Radio. We really appreciate it. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Till next time, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.